Church, so excited to have you at church online, wherever you're joining from, in your homes or in your car. Go ahead and grab out your Bible uh, and your notepads if you'd like to take notes, uh, or you can download the Victory Church app, of course, every week. Click on this weekend's message. Uh, there's a fill-in-the-blank version of the notes for those who like fill-in-the-blank versions. I'm in that camp. So if you like that, you can find that in the app. Uh, let me give you a couple of updates uh, before we get into studying God's Word together. The first one that I want to make you aware of is an opportunity we had come to us this week uh, for the church to outreach and the church just to have a chance uh, to minister to our community. We're going to be partnering with the Baton Rouge Food Bank uh, this Wednesday. So this will be this Wednesday, May 27th, uh, from 8.30 to 11.30. They're going to be transforming our parking lot uh, into the distribution point for the Baton Rouge Area Food Bank. Uh, it's just an awesome opportunity for us. And anyone who would like to help or volunteer, uh, they've got spaces for you to help and to do that and to help the community. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you can just show up on Wednesday morning uh, at 8 or 8.30 and help out with that. And they'll be continuing to do that. The parking lot will be full uh, until 11.30 on that day. So just a chance for us to be the hands and feet of Christ. I uh, just wanted to make you aware of that opportunity. Uh, the second announcement to kind of get us all on the same page is this week, of course, is Church at Home that you're watching right now. And then next Sunday, Lord willing and weather permitting, on May the 31st, we're going to have a drive-in service and out on the lawn. And what that means is we'll be out at the gazebo. Uh, we'll have a chance. You can drive your car up and remain in your vehicle if you'd like uh, and listen to the service on FM radio, but just a chance to see each other. And if you'd like to also get out, we'll have the patio and the, the grass area available for you. Bring your own blanket and your own chair. Uh, just a chance to, with social distancing, to see one another again. Uh, just a chance to, to spend time as a church family. So we're excited about next Sunday on the 31st. Uh, just a couple of, of, I guess, guidelines for you. If it rains during the week leading up to it and we're not able to put the cars out on the grass, we'll have service on the flatbed trailer in the parking lot. Uh, so it kind of gets you aware of that. If it rains on the morning of, uh, we'll have service online only and we'll do our best to get that out to you. And then if it's clear weather and perfect, we'll be out at the gazebo. All right. So one of those three options will happen next Sunday. I'm preaching somewhere, all right, and I dare you to find me, okay? I'm going to be somewhere preaching on next Sunday. And then June 7th, of course, we'll have our modified service indoors, excited towards that. And we'll give you more information uh, as we get closer together. But go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you'd like. It's our theme verse for this series, Gloves Up, because we are in a fight. This series is about how as Christians in our life, life sometimes doesn't go the way that we think it should. Sometimes it doesn't go the way that we planned that it would. But in the midst of that fight, we as Christians have to get our gloves up. We have to throw a punch. We have to keep our focus. And last week we talked about this where Paul says in 1 Corinthians, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. In other, ways, in other words, the things that I'm doing, the life that I'm living, the things that I'm trying to accomplish have eternal value. That they have purpose beyond this life. That the things that I'm doing, the way that I'm spending my time, the way that I'm spending my money, the way that I'm serving, the way that I'm living my life, I'm doing it because I know that it has an impact on lives on the other side of this life. And so I run with purpose in every step. Because I realize that it has eternal value. I realize that the things that I'm doing have purpose. I begin to run with purpose. I begin to be very, very intentional about the way that I'm living, the way that I'm leveraging my influence and the way that I'm impacting lives around me. Then he says this little phrase, I am not just shadow boxing. And we focused on that last week as well, where Paul is saying, I'm not just in a pretend fight. 
And I want you to begin to realize that in your own life as a Christian, we're not just shadow boxing. Shadow boxing is pretend fighting. It's, it's hitting against the air. It's dancing around thinking you look like Rocky, but in reality, you're just dancing around not really fighting anybody, not really landing a punch on the enemy, not really taking any spiritual territory. Because for a lot of us as Christians, we do the church thing on the weekends, but we're not really advancing ground. We're not really landing punches to the enemy. We're not really making any progress. We're not really impacting eternity. And so I would encourage you that now more than ever, we as Christians need to get in the fight. We as Christians need to be impacting the world around us. And so last week we continued by examining Paul's life and how he had this focus. And he talked about it in his his gospels. He talked about how I am now focused on Jerusalem. How in this season of my life, I'm heading to Jerusalem and he's taken this step of faith because he's uncertain. He says, I don't know what will happen to me there. I just know that's where I'm called to go. And for so many of us, we feel that calling of God on our life. We feel that purpose that God has given to us and we don't know what will happen on the other side, but we just know that we are called to go. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit more today about the steps of faith that we're called to take about the steps of faith that we're called to make in our lives and the things that we're called to do. Being uncertain, Paul said, actually, I don't know what waits for me. All I know is there's going to be trouble in every city that I visit, that I'm gonna have trouble in in trying to live out this faith action that God has given to me. And so once you set your focus, you gotta know that you're gonna be in a fight. That's what this whole series is about, that once you have that focus, that purpose, that intentionality, living for eternity, once you have that, it's gonna be a fight. And you have to get your gloves up. You have to be in that. And you can watch week one and week two in the app or on the website if you missed those. But today, I want to focus a little bit more about having our gloves up spiritually on this journey of faith that every one of us is taking. I want to focus a little bit on that fight that we're going to take. In fact, I want to give you three characteristics of the actions of faith. Three different things that you can expect to see as God calls you to step out. Three things that you can expect to see in your life as God continues to live out that purpose, continues to use you to impact this world for eternity. And to do that, we're going to visit an old buddy of mine, Moses, that we studied uh, a couple of times last week. I love the story of Moses. I I love studying in the Old Testament, uh, especially the story of the Israelites from captivity and slavery in Egypt all the way to when they come to the promised land through the desert. I think it's a beautiful picture of our own journey as Christians, as New Testament Christians, our own journey in taking this journey of faith that God has called us to be that God has called us from where we were to where he wants us to be. That journey, I think, is reflected uh, in these Old Testament chapters. So today I want to go back to the story of the burning bush, and that's in Exodus chapter 3. And so Moses, uh, he's gone through the wilderness, and he's become a shepherd now in the land of Midian, and so he's traveling through with his sheep, and suddenly he sees a burning bush, this miracle that's happening out in the desert. And then God speaks to him at the bush, and watch what he tells him. He says, now go. For I am sending you to Pharaoh. This is God speaking to Moses. And he says, you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. And I love how God has a calling moment for all of us. That God has a calling and a purpose for every single believer. Whether you're in full-time ministry or not, I believe every believer has a purpose from God. Every believer has something that they're called to do in this world to build the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Every person has a calling from God that they're supposed to live out to take these steps of faith, to continue to have these actions of faith. And if you haven't had that moment, some of you have had it maybe at a youth camp or in a worship service. Some of you have had that moment maybe at your own home praying or whatever it is you do, your devotions in the car, whatever it is where God has called you and given you that purpose. And if you haven't had that moment, I would encourage you, continue to pray and ask God for it. Because I believe every believer has this, this purpose. Every believer has this, this thing that they're put on this earth to do that God has for you to make an impact for eternity. 
We've got this picture of what the future should be, a difference. And I think it's fascinating that when Moses is called, that when God comes to call Moses, he asks him to go back. He asked him to go back to Egypt, to go back to a place of pain, to go back to a place really of failure, a place of rejection in Moses' life. And so many of us, you have that place in your life. You have a place maybe that you've turned your back on or a place that that you only associate with failure or pain, places like that. But I pray as we study Moses' story today, that God would begin to encourage you that he has a purpose for you, that he has a calling for you. Even though you walk through those things, God has an action of faith. God still has a calling on your life. And so we're gonna step through those things, some things about these actions of faith that you need to know. The first one, jot it down if you're taking notes with us. The first one is that what God asks you to do is always possible. It's always possible. See, sometimes as believers, especially as believers who believe in signs and wonders and in miracles, uh, and if you're wondering what we believe here at Victory, we believe in the Bible. We believe that God's word is what he says it is, that God is who he says he is, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that if miracles have happened in the Bible, then miracles happen today, and that signs and wonders follow those that believe. This is what we believe, but many times we put too much pressure on ourselves because I think a lot of times we confuse our part with God's part. A lot of times when we believe in miracles and signs and wonders, we begin to mix and confuse our part with God's part. And so Moses is standing at the burning bush and God says, I'm gonna give you three different miracles to help you convince the people of Israel that you are actually the leader that I've sent. God tells Moses, I'm gonna give you these three different miracles that will help to convince those people that they should follow you, that you're actually who I sent, that I am the God that I say I am. And he says, I'm going to allow you to do those things. And he says, I'm going to give you these to convince the children of Israel. So the first one was the staff. First one was the staff that he gives to Moses. And he tells him this is going to be the first miracle. Now, some of you thought that was a magic trick, but I have a table over here that you can't see. All right. There's some advantages to church online. Uh, But this is, you might be interested to know, and some of you are fascinated. This is a historically accurate Moses staff. Uh, This little piece of plastic at the top is called the Quick Connect. So he could turn it into a spear or into whatever. No, I'm just being stupid. It's not that. This is actually a mop handle I found in the four-year closet yesterday because that's how we roll here at Victory, all right? Anyway, so Moses is holding on to his staff, and God says to Moses, I want you to throw it down. I want you to drop it. And when he did, it turned into a snake. And God did the miracle, turned it into a snake. But check it out. This motion, this motion right here is easy for all of us to do. It's very easy to drop something. In fact, I drop things all the time. Some of you are saying, I'm a klutz, and so I drop things in all things. That dropping is easy to do. But see, the problem for so many of us is we feel the pressure is on us then to turn the rod into the snake. God hasn't called you to turn rods into snakes. God just called you to drop what's in your hand. God just called you to release that thing that's in your hand, and then he does the miraculous part of this. God's asked you to drop what's in your hand. You see, our part is always possible. The things that God asks you to do are always possible. The things that God is asking you to do in this life are always possible. But you see, the Bible says this in Luke. Watch this. It says in Luke chapter 1, for nothing will be impossible with God. And I think the place in our Christian walk that some of us gets mixed up is we want to live the Christian life for God. We pray prayers when we come to church. We begin to pray prayers like, God, would you just fix me? Would you remove this area from my life? Or God, would you remove that person from my life? Or God, would you just remove this temptation from my life so that I can go and be a better Christian, so I can live this life for you? But what we're subconsciously praying is, God, would you just fix me to the point where I no longer need you? 
God, would you just, just fix me to the point where I no longer need to call on you, where I no longer need the miraculous that you would provide? And basically what we're praying is, God, would you just make me God? Would you just make me like that? Paul prayed a prayer like that. He said, take this thing away from me. He said this thorn that he had is in the flesh. He said, take it away three times. And God said, it doesn't work like that, buddy. It's not, that's not how I work. In fact, in your weakness is when I am made strong. God says that through our weaknesses is when his power is made perfect. And that's a hard concept for Christians to understand. It's a hard concept to accept. That God is saying that we will always need him. We will always need God in our lives. That we cannot be God ourselves. That we need to rely on him. That we can't just rely only on ourselves. We have to learn to rely on Jesus. And when we come to that place where you can begin to rely on God because he is God begin to pray and to seek him. I want to take a second and just read to you our second theme verse that we've referenced uh, throughout this series, and that's in Zechariah. And it says in Zechariah chapter four, he said to me, this is what the Lord says, it's not by force, nor by strength. So many of us in our Christian walk, we've learned this, that you can't force it. There is a hard work element to it, but you can't create the spiritual momentum. You can't create the spiritual side of this. He says, it's only by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And then he says, I wonder, he says, he says to Zerubbabel, he says this to Zechariah right now, he says, do not despise those small beginnings because they're about to build the temple. And when they began to build it, they felt like it was too small and they felt like they weren't doing enough. And he says, do not despise for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I wonder how many times in your life and in my life we started something for God. How many times God has called us to a purpose and we've given it up because we felt like it was too small. We felt like it, it didn't make a big enough impact. We felt like we weren't doing enough. And I just want you to know that the most powerful things that God does start with the most simple beginnings. That God is calling you to something to put your hand to it. And don't despise the small beginnings. God rejoices to see the work begin. Because he has a calling for your life. And the things that he's called you to are simple. The actions that we need to take are usually very physically simple to take. And then God comes in and does his part, the miraculous. Those early seasons of ministries, those early stages of a business that he's called you to do, the early seasons of a ministry or a calling that he has on your life, early seasons of a relationship, whatever it is that God is calling you to, don't despise the small beginnings, the impact. But then the second thing that I want you to know, jot it down if you're taking notes, is the actions of faith are painful. They're painful. This is why not everybody changes the world because it hurts sometimes to take these steps of faith. A lot of times it's painful to step out. If you go back to the staff, it would just be a stick for us. It would just be, a, in our minds, we think of it as just a stick, but to Moses, it was a whole lot more. To Moses, he had no idea that he, if he threw down the staff, if he was ever gonna pick it back up again, if he was ever gonna get it back. You see, God doesn't say these kinds of things where God says, throw it down, and then he'll turn it to a snake, and then you'll pick it up, and then everything will be great, and then you'll go to the promised land. That's not how God works. A lot of times God doesn't tell us what's on the other side of our obedience. He just says to obey. God just says to drop what's in your hand. He just says, will you throw it down? Will you release the staff? You see, for Moses, as far as he knew, he was never picking it back up. As far as Moses knew, this staff represented to him his physical security is how he would defend himself against the animals in the desert. It was financial security. It was his job as a shepherd. It would be relational security. He worked for his father-in-law. If he kept losing staffs in the desert, it might mean something bad for him. But I just, he had all those things. But more than all of that, more than all of that in Moses' life, see, Moses had believed that he was a deliverer at one time in his life. When he lived in Egypt, he saw himself as the deliverer for his people. But all of those dreams, all of that promise, all that he had believed about himself, all of that is gone now. And now the staff represents who he is. 
See, to Moses now, he is a shepherd. He's no longer the deliverer. He's no longer all of those things. He is a shepherd. And so the staff was who he was. And God is now asking him to lay it down. He's asking him for a sacrifice. But see, I've learned in my life that Jesus is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. And so many of us have these things in our lives that we're unwilling to lay down. You might have something in your life that is your identity. You say, this is who I am, and God is asking you to let it go. And it's painful. For so many of us, that act of faith, that that step that we're called to take, that purpose, it's going to be painful to step those, but God is asking you, will you let it go? Will you release it? So many times in our Christian journey, he will ask us to let things go that are very painful to release from our hands. And many of you might feel that way. And so many of you, you went through a season like that and you turned your back on God because it was painful. And you feel like he called you to something, but you didn't understand what his hand was doing. You didn't understand what his, his purpose for your life was. And so you turned your back on him and you felt rejected and you felt, you felt like you were in a land far away from where your calling ever was. And so now you have a new identity and you think, I cannot let this thing go. And it was too painful to walk through those seasons. And so many of us, you feel like Jeremiah. See, Jeremiah's at a low point in his life in Lamentations. He's at a low point where he feels like everything is falling apart around him and how he feels rejected. And he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering and the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. And so many times on our journey of faith, so many times in our Christian walk, we feel that rejection. We feel that low point. And some of you may be there this morning. You may be at the lowest point of your life, but I want you to see what Jeremiah says right after this verse. He says, yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It's in those seasons that we learn the faithfulness of God. It's in those seasons where we feel low and we feel rejected. It's in those seasons that we learn the faithfulness of God because most of the time we see in our Christian walk and so often we see in our journey, we see those seasons that he allows us to walk through Because he knows it's moving us to where he has for us. He knows it's moving us into the seasons that God has for us, that he has a purpose and a plan, that he's working these things out. Jeremiah says in his book, he says, I know the plans God has for you, the plans to give you a future and a hope. That God is using these different seasons, that God is using everything to bring you to where he wants you to be. And there are painful moments in our seasons of faith, but I want you to know that your journey to your purpose The path that you have to the purpose God has for you is paved with sacrifice. That it's never easy. But God is calling you to something better. That his ways are higher. That his thoughts are better. That he has a purpose for your life. And you need to just hold on, church. We have to believe that his faithfulness never fails. That his goodness is new every morning. We have to be willing to lay down things that are painful. Be willing to lay down these things that we think identify them. You have to walk away from those things that you think define you. Because it's in those seasons when you realize that God is all you have. It's in those seasons to become to the truth that God is all you need. That God is the only source that you need in your life. And when people reject you and when scenarios and opportunities, they misplace you. And when you just come to the end of your rope, you realize that God is all you need. That his faithfulness never fails. And it's there we learn this last truth about faith. This last step. And that that is that faith is always progressive. That it's always progressive in our life. The promise that God places in our heart doesn't happen overnight. Moses didn't just go to the burning bush and drop that rod and then suddenly just find himself on the way to the promised land. 
didn't just happen overnight. It took three different miracles for the people to even believe that Moses, who he said who he was. And it took 10 different plagues for the people to even be set free from Egypt. And it took 40 years to get all the negative people out of the church. Some of you will get that later. You'll, you'll get that joke. But in Exodus chapter 23, they're getting ready now to go into the promised land. They're getting ready to go into the promised land that God has given them. The, the thing that Moses had been speaking about. All these things that the children of Israel were, finally reached it. And the one thing that God, Moses has said we're going to. And God says, look, it's not going to happen overnight. Even now that they've come 40 years, all of this, he says, I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate. And the white animals too numerous for you. So he says, I'm not going to give it to you all at once. But watch this, church. Little by little, I'll drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Little by little, I'll drive them out until you have increased enough. You know, church, God doesn't give you the dream all at once because honestly, it would crush you. If God did what he had in mind for your life all at once, it would crush you. He said, little by little, I'll drive them out until you increase. God is working things out in your life. God is increasing your faith. God is causing you to take these steps. He's causing you to take steps one, step two, step three, to prepare you for the dream that he has for your life. That God has an incredible purpose for every single one of you. That God has something for you to do in this life to impact the world for eternity. And he's preparing you for that. And so the steps of faith are always progressive. They're progressive in your life. And now church, I just want to encourage you as we close. That as you take this journey, as, as you take these steps of faith out of Galatians. That you would just be encouraged out of Galatians to not get tired. I know at the end of a season like the one we've just walked through, at the end of seasons that are painful, at the end of seasons where you don't know what the next step of faith is going to be, a lot of times the tendency is to get tired. Most people come off of the Christian path because they've gotten tired. They get tired of always thinking about lost people. They get tired of all of the sacrifice. They get tired of always being servant of others. They get tired. But I want to encourage you, church. There's one thing that I can tell you this morning. It's don't quit. Don't quit. Because it's on the other side of our obedience that there is a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit on your kids. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on that business that God has called you to start. Don't quit on that ministry that God has put inside of your heart. Don't quit on the purpose that God has shown you. Don't quit on the things that God has told you that you are going to do, the dream he's placed inside of your heart. Don't give up, church. It's on the other side of your obedience that there is a harvest of blessing that God has a calling for you. And so my two questions this morning as we close. Number one, my first question is simply this. What are you holding on to? What do you have in your hand? Because we all have a staff. We all have that thing that we feel defines us. We all have that thing that we think our identity is tied to. And God is asking you, will you lay it down? God is asking you, will you lay it down? What do you have? And then question number two, are you willing to let go of it? Are you willing to let go of it? Are you willing to lay that thing down? Because there is nothing that God can't do with a group of people who are wholly surrendered to him and who will never give up. Would you bow your head with me right where you're watching today? Father, I ask you, Lord, give us the spiritual courage to get our gloves up in the fight. Lord, give us the spiritual courage to throw a punch. Give us the spiritual courage to take steps of faith. Lord, not knowing what the twists and turns are going to be, not knowing what our next steps are going to be, but knowing that you are the God who rules our life, knowing that you are a good God who has a purpose for us. Lord, give us the courage to step out, knowing that it will all make sense one day. 
And first, I want to pray for those of you who are watching today and you're far from God. And I don't know how you got to that place. People have all different ways that they run from God. Maybe you turned your back because you didn't understand what God was doing in a season. Or maybe you felt hurt or rejected by someone in leadership or maybe even someone in the church and you ran from him. Maybe you've never been surrendered to God. I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe today is the day that you come home. Today is the day that you surrender your life to him. You say, I want that purpose that he has for me. I want to live out that dream because God has one for you. But I want you to know this, that he is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. It always comes with a sacrifice. That you surrender your life to him. That you give over the control of your life to him. And I want to give you a prayer this morning that you can surrender. And I can give you the words to say. I can give you that prayer. and You can repeat it after me, but you need to mean it in your own life. You need to mean it in your own heart. And so we're going to pray together today. If that's you, you say, I want to come home. I want to make that decision. I want to have that purpose in the life that Jesus died to give me. If that's you today, if you've made that decision, I want you just to pray with me. Just right now, wherever you are, just say these words. Say, dear Jesus, I surrender. Come forgive me of all of my sins, of all my mistakes. Come be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me and I surrender my life to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, Father, I thank you for this amazing church. As we gather, Lord, across the city and across this state, God, we thank you for all that you've done to this point. And Father, we know that there are days ahead of us that are full of victory. We know that you are continuing to move in our life. We thank you that you are the God of miracles. You are the God who has purpose for us. And Lord, as we follow you in this great journey of faith, God, I thank you that we'll do our part, that we'll step out and obey, that we'll drop what's in our hand and we'll continue to believe, Lord, that then you'll come in and do the miraculous, that you always do the supernatural. Lord, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And God, we thank you today that you have never abandoned us. Lord, we thank you that you have never left us, that you always walk with us. And Lord, in this great journey of faith that you continue to have a purpose for us, Lord, and I ask you that we can use these seasons, even when they are painful, to grow. That we can use these seasons to follow after you. Lord, to be obedient, even in the seasons of hurt, even in the seasons of rejection, to be obedient because we know, God, that you are all that we need and we know that you have put a promise in our life. And Lord, we thank you that little by little, step by step, you are creating us into the image that you have that you are using us and bringing us to the promised land that you have for us. Let it become a reality today in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Church, be blessed today as you go. Remember, our children's ministry and our kids' zone is starting in just a few minutes right here on the same stream. Want to give that gift to you, just some spiritual program for your kids. Want to continue uh, to allow you to lose those. We can't wait to see what God is doing in the lives of our young people. And then our Spanish service is starting at 1130 today. We'd love to have you check that out. Be blessed.